Hey folks, hope you're alright. Uh, this is Natalie speaking and I'm with Kate. Hi. And this is the NAG Personal Trainer Podcast. So today, as requested, uh, someone asked about uh, fitness apps, uh, calorie tracking apps, uh, the watches as well where we're tracking our fitness and our nutrition and our sleep and health. And basically, are they any good and have we mm. tried them? So we're going to start with probably the most popular uh, tracking app, which is say uh, your calorie tracking apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the most common one used is MyFitnessPal. Uh, then you've got Fitbit, I think, does it? Fitbit oh. does. And calorie uh, tracking, yes. What's the other one? Is it um, Noom, I think, you, another one? Yeah, have you got a um, Nutri... NutriCheck? I yeah, NutriCheck, like yeah. I've, I've only ever used MyFitnessPal for it. I used Fitbit for a bit. Mm. What was that like um, compared to MyFitnessPal? I preferred MyFitnessPal. Yeah. I think that's got the biggest catalogue if you like of yeah so food tracking the food yeah. yeah did you find you had to kind of input a bit more into Fitbit into Fitbit yeah right got you yeah. could you add recipes into Fitbit like your own recipes I don't I don't sure. know yeah I, I didn't get check to that, that. Yeah. yeah and I'll be honest I will use my fitness pal as well I think I use NutriCheck for a little bit they had a good um calibre of meals put into mm. there and they had a lot of like if you went to the supermarket, scanned it again. They had quite a lot yeah. there. As far as I know, with clients who use Fitbit for their tracking, it sounds like it has built up its category a bit more, which yeah, is good. Yeah, probably has. Yeah. But one thing I've done with... I did a bit of research, and Kate has as well, mm-hmm. are a bit more into calorie tracking. So calorie tracking, uh, or calorie counting, as some people might call it, is something that's been done for years to basically trying to make sure you're eating the right amount of calories based on your goals, which normally most people who calorie track do it for fat loss or mm-hmm. seeing the weight on the scales drop down usually. Uh, but as I would say, if you want to lose weight, it's actually you want to lose body fat. You want to get into like a smaller dress size or the old dress size you were in. So always remember that difference with doing that. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to calorie tracking, as I would say to every client, it's all estimations. Nothing's ever accurate. So when people say to me, how accurate is, say, how Fitbit or my fitness pal or NutriTrek, how accurate is it working out your calorie intake? It's always going to be, again, you just get as close as you can. Um, mm. And Kate, say, you had a look at some uh, calorie calculations based on your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. I like calling them coma calories. That's what you basically mm-hmm. need to sustain as you are if you were doing NAFOR. So say yeah. you were lying on your bed, not even going to the toilet, no function, you're just breathing. <laughs> um, if you're going to lay in bed all day, yeah, basically, and do nothing. That's basically what BMR is. So when I get people going, ask, is that the calories I've got to be on to lose weight quickly? I'm like, no, that is what you need to survive. <laughs> not yeah. thrive, but survive. Uh, and then what most calorie calculators do now as well, they also take account of your T, D, E, yeah, yeah. total daily total energy, daily expenditure, energy expenditure, yeah. which is uh, you moving about your daily life, you know, how active you are. Most um, calorie calculators will ask, say online, how many steps you do on average a day. They'll put that on there now, which is getting better because mm. I think that people can read that better and judge how active they are. Whereas before it's like very brief wasn't it it was either yeah you were sedentary like say sitting in an office job but then you could be working out so many times a week and that was yeah. a clear You're either the... sedentary or lightly yeah. active or very active yes aren't you and um, I've, yeah and it has changed now i've noticed over the years it's becoming more specific a bit more because the calorie calculators will constantly keep changing the moment as far as I know uh, my fitness pal and most of them use 
if I pronounce this right, the St. Mifflin Jewer. Jewer? How would you pronounce Saint that, Kate? St. Mifflin St. Jewer equation. Yeah. Yes, I think so. That's yeah. apparently the most up to date, accurate one. Uh, and then next up would be the Harris Benedict, which is the one I normally use myself because that's the one I've been taught on my course. So that's the one I generally use for working out mm-hmm. client calculations. None of them are wrong. Again, it's all estimations. Um, like I say, you can find these easily if you go on if you go online. Uh, just a little fact for you then. So I think Kate found out when they were released, weren't they? I think. What's yes. this? What was the the original was the Mifflin. Yes. No, sorry, Harris no, Benedict. Harris Benedict, the earliest one. Yeah. And then that's that was the first one used. That was revised in 1984 and used till 1990. Mm. Then the Mifflin. Yeah. And they both do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Which is calculate your BMR. Yeah. Um, but the Mifflin was slightly more accurate. Yeah. Um, then you've got your Catch McCardle. Yeah. Which is slightly different to the other two. Takes into account lean body mass. Yeah. So if you knew your fat percentage. Yeah. You could put that in, and that would be even more accurate than the previous two. But you're probably looking at for general. Well, that pop. wouldn't be your everyday. Yeah, you'd have know. to also to find out your body fat, guys. Just so you know, if you use the old school height times by height divided by weight, it's it's close, but it's not as accurate because obviously that'll tell your body fat. And basically, you would have to take your body fat weight off your actual weight, and then that leaves mm. you with your lean mass. But then obviously, you've got to take into account your skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fluid in the body so the only way probably to find out actually what your lean mass would be is probably the bod pod uh, which i know they do one at keel university whether they still do under the circumstance of covid i'm not definitely sure Uh, i mean labs are very well cleaned and they are reliant on people because they have to pay to use it um so maybe they could be still doing to sustain the funding, but worth looking into if you're interested and in looking at that. A few, a few of my clients looked at that. Well, your calipers, you, aren't you? Calipers you've got your skin calipers as well, but again, it's quite a skill learning how to use skin calipers. I did it on my personal trainer course. I was going to say, you have to actually take a course, don't you? Yeah, to use there it? is a very specific mm. full day course doing it. And again, it's down to how often you've done them. I mean, I haven't done skin calipers for quite a while now because of lockdown. Last person I did it on was my old colleague I did it with. Uh, he used to let me practice on him. And again, there's different ways of doing skin calipers. I just did the upper body one because that's the one I was taught. It was the 4.1, which was like, say, round your bicep, your tricep, your upper back and round your hip bone. So that's the one I used to do. And again, it's just getting as close as possible. Again, skin calipers. Skin calipers, if you do them well... They can be accurate, but again, some people have got elastic skin, mm. so it can come out really low. Some people, I've had clients who have had a drink the night before and it came out really I was low. Say, does it change if, yeah. you're, if you happen to do it on a day you're dehydrated? It or, does, yeah, yeah, massively. And alcohol is one of the mm. big factor, and age as well, because your skin elast- gets more elastic as we age as well. Mm. Uh, so, just to clarify that, it's your best using probably generally is the Saint Mifflin methods or the Harris yeah. Benedict. Yeah. Any of them are fine. Um, and then what you'll normally do with my fitness pal most of them you'll put in your goal weight now the problem with goal weight instead of doing goal body fat mass say for example um, it can put you into poor per calorie so say for example you wanted to lose say I don't know one to three pounds a week or probably massively minus off your calories Which is a hell of a lot to, to lose yeah. every week I Surely. mean um, did you do that once put in your weight your goal weight I think I did yeah what did it put you on your memory was it, it put me on 1200 calories 
<laughs> you would absolutely kill me, wouldn't you, if you want to? Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I no. wouldn't be alive when you come train no. with you. Yeah. In fact, you wouldn't be able to lift the weight off the floor half the no, time. No. That was just yeah, madness. Yeah. So you I think s- my sister did it as well. We yes. Were, I, I sort of showed her how to do it yeah. and go on there, and she immediately, yeah. as you do when you see the yeah the goal weight box, you put it in, and then yeah, she was like, oh, that's twelve hundred calories. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't be working on twelve hundred <laughs> no. calories. And the, I mean, don't get me wrong, some people can. Um, well, you know, I've got people who I know are doing the 800 calories and they function absolutely fine, and I get that. It depends where you're at and what you like doing and how active you are. It's so individual. And I think, you know, personally, from experience working with clients, a lot of clients don't do very well on that low calories, personally. They don't thrive very well. It can have impact on the, um, the metabolic system as well because eventually you will get metabolic damage from being too low in your calories which is why a lot of PTs and dietitians and nutrition consultants don't like clients on very low calories is because we want to reduce that risk of metabolic damage like mm. normally for my well, client you're probably going to end up nutrient deficient as well yeah you? at some point that's why as your calories drop off so you've got to drop a macronutrient and that's why carbohydrates tend to be dropped because mm. you don't need to um, you can survive without carbohydrates or low carbohydrates, I should say, uh, whereas protein and fats are essential for the human body to survive. But I'm saying here the words survive, you're not thriving. So what I normally do with most clients as well when they are calorie tracking and they're doing calorie deficits, I was speaking to a client actually this morning, I was training, and I said to him, you know, just calorie deficit for four weeks and then I want you to do a diet break for a week just to basically mm-hmm. let the metabolic... Uh, system repair so then when they go back to a deficit they're not going to lose a lot of muscle tissue they're going to lose body fat given and also it's just nice to look forward to to do a week away from actually yeah. dieting mm. if I'm quite honest with doesn't you doesn't make it as daunting does it no you know, it's it doesn't ongoing yeah thing so with the, also the apps are they any good I'd say personally if you were used to say doing diets in the past like Slimming World Weight Watchers Cambridge whatever Everyone I know who's done these diets, especially in my family, they all write a food diary. In a, they do the old school, write on a pen and paper. Right, yeah. They have a food diary. They write the weeks in, make it all pretty and colourful. My mum mom, <laughs> did anyway. She always had a little food diary book. So I can't see the difference personally in using an app unless you no. despise technology. Not because it's um, you don't like the idea of tracking calories. You just don't like technology. Mm. I get that. I think you know, you've got to be able to measure to manage what's going on. So but I think even just writing things down, just the fact that you're going to write it down yeah. is sometimes enough to make you think, actually, yeah, you know, or to highlight where you're going wrong. You might then realise you're, you're consuming certain things subconsciously. Yes. And then you look at it and think, oh, wow, I actually eat that every yes. single day. And also, I think first time when I ask a client to write a food diary, whether it's on an app or in a, just on a pen and paper or on notes on your phone, which a lot of people use now, Already within the first few weeks, they'll reduce their intake. They will already create yeah. a calorie deficit because of because they know they're going to show it to you as well. That too, as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's that accountability. Even if they don't track everything, and it's not because they're trying to hide anything from me. It's just sometimes you just forget. It's yeah. so easy to forget what you've eaten. I've done it as well. I still do to this day. I've sometimes been had a busy day at work, and I've tracked in my meals already ahead because I tend to do that. I know what I'm going to have in the week. So I, I always plan ahead my meals because it's easier for shopping. And sometimes I have forgotten what I snacked on. And I think, oh, crap, I need to put that into, into my yeah. diary. And then I put it on and realise, oh, I've actually gone over a bit on my calories. Um, you know, so I've just got to account for the next day, say, if I'm doing a deficit, mm. for example. It's so easily done. I mean, I'm sure you have, aren't you, Kate? Oh, gosh, yeah. 
Yeah, you just don't realise you do it, and you, you sort of think back and think, oh yeah, I I actually had two of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so then you've got to go back and correct it. Yeah. So I've had clients even say to me with the tracking, um, oh god, I've had a McDonald's, so I didn't put that in. I'm like, that's probably the easiest thing to track because it's in the database. It's in the, yeah. Uh, for pretty much most tracking apps, it's in the database. That is, just because they think it's it's bad to put it in, and I might know if you're able to track it, put it in. If your goal is fat loss. You need to well, measure what you're having. everything yeah. in that you, that you eat. I mean, yeah. I imagine how many people have probably, if you say to them, give me your, your daily, whatever, you know, your... Intake? Daily intake. Yeah. yeah. Would they give you that and then say, oh, not every day is like that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there is that too as well. Because they're then starting thinking about yeah. it and it's... And I think if, if they put it down, they're like, I think it's kind of like guilt why they don't want to put it down. I get that. The only time I say it's acceptable personally to not track him while on fat loss is if you are eating out somewhere where you can't track it. So, yeah. for example, if I say I, I smoke and rye the other night, there's no way I can track all that in. Mm. You know, it's impossible. You, you can get as close as you can. I, sometimes I can roughly do it depending where I'm eating from. I kind of know. So what I will do is like save so many calories and just leave it blank in the My Fitness Pal, or you can input it in as quick calories and just basically take it up to your maintenance yeah, and eating out. Just sort of estimate. Yeah, I mean, we did the other week, didn't we? Because we were in Bear, yes. having brunch. Yeah, and I was sitting there with you saying, yeah. well, "How am I going to track this?" And we just you get as close as you to, can. Yeah, a brioche yeah. bun, use yeah. bun from Asda. Yeah, a sausage a patty, sausage patty. Yeah, uh, McDonald's fries because they use similar fries that they fry yeah. them. Yeah, so you just get as close as you can. I'd say, let's go for the advantages and disadvantages. Let's mm-hmm. do it that way to give people an idea. So calorie tracking, for me personally, an advantage is you know how much you're having a day roughly. And again, even though it's estimation, it's it's a case of you know roughly that's what you've had. And if you start gaining weight or gaining body fat, trousers getting tired, you think, actually, my calories are probably too high. Let's knock them down a little bit. Let's just take a couple hundred off and mm-hmm. take that down. And if you find actually... See, on the scales, it won't come down linear, but you might see a gradual decrease because it will come down the scale slightly at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see your clothes are fitting with so your tape measuring and you can see the inches are coming down. Then you know you're on the right track. Um, and another advantage, have you got any, Kate, you can think of advantage for tracking? I'd probably say the same thing. It just yeah. gives you a general idea of what, of what you're consuming. It makes you a bit more conscious of what you're consuming. Yeah. Um, you say it makes you more mindful, makes you makes stop you and mindful. think a bit yeah, more about it. Yeah, because yeah. there is a lot of time, we all do it, you know. There are loads of times when you just automatically, without thinking, might just grab something. Yeah. You know, part and of the routine. And it's like, I'm actually daily. hungry. Am I actually hungry? Yeah, it does make you stop and yeah. think that. Another advantage, personally, for me doing, I mean, I wouldn't say just call it calorie tracking. I mean, my fitness <clears> pal's basically an online food diary. Yeah. So if you don't look at the calories, you can see what you are having. Because it also has on there your macronutrients, which is uh, protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Now, when I first teach clients about nutrition, when we look at energy in, I normally generally just make sure we get the calories right first. Then I look at the macronutrients, which normally is protein. Mm-hmm. Now, people hear me going on and on about protein. Why protein? Protein is the building block of muscle. It's also the building block of cells. So it repairs your skin, your teeth, your nails your cuts and bruises, your injuries. It's such an important macronutrient. And it's and people are so malnourished in it, I think, personally. And they are on about changing how much you need a day. At the moment, I think it's 1.2 grams per kilogram of your body weight. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to push up to 1.4 yeah. at minimum, at least. And that's just if you are 
not really generally training hard in the gym. That's like you just go walking. You might yeah. participate in an odd class. Say like, Whereas ours is over. Because we're doing weight training. Yeah. So, for example, a lot of my clients are, I like more at the 1.6 plus end and up to like two grams per kilogram of the mm. body weight, perhaps even more so. And the other plus point of your protein is it's satiated. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So if you look at fuller for longer. Absolutely. So if you look protein. at, say, your food diary. So what I would do if you're starting out on a, a, you know, tracking your food diary, whether you're writing it down or putting it into a fitness tracking app, you can actually look at, am I actually, am I having enough protein mm. in my diet? And you'll, you'll see when you look at like the macronutrients, when you look at like the little pie chart, uh, which normally at the top of the screen usually I think Fitbit and again NutriCheck and any others do the same as well and if you it's dead easy workout like I said to you just you could just do 1.4 grams times by your weight in kilograms mm-hmm. so say for example I'm 54 uh, kilograms if I times that by 1.4 I can't do it by head but mm-hmm. that's how I'd work it out yeah if you work by stone with your weight it's so easy now to go on google and literally put in convert let's say i don't know nine stone ten into kilograms and then work it out that way and if you see it's way under then you know that's something you've got to work on that could be an issue why you're struggling to feel full in days could Mm. be why maybe you're binging more uh, you're not feeling satisfied between meals and that's what tracking and writing food diaries down could be handy for is to understand your nutrition to improve it a little bit more change little habits here and there the key is not to go full on if you try to change every single aspect of your daily intake straight away you're setting yourself up to failure as i've said humans are habitual we hate change i think that's the other advantage of using the um, calorie trackers is I think if you were just writing it down, you'd probably immediately go into, right, I'll cut out the cakes and the biscuits yeah. and the whatever. Or d- just decrease it a little bit. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you use your calorie tracker, you're going to see that actually you can have some of those yes. in and yes. still achieve your goals. And that is the other advantage of Anti- the tracking. You just nailed, hit the nail on the head. That's another advantage of doing yeah. the uh, tracking on the uh, calorie tracking apps or the food diary apps, as I prefer to call them, is that, you know, people go to me, oh, I had a McDonald's. For example, they were so guilty at a McDonald's, but then they looked at their calories and they were actually still within their calorie intake. Yes. It's still there's still that um misconception that certain foods will make them fat. I say make them fat, make them put body fat on. We're not fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have body fat. We have it's muscle. Like, yeah. It's like we said last week, I if I'm tracking my calories, I will track them from a Friday. Yes. I like I will add my like. calories up and say, Well, this these are my calories yeah. for a week. I'll start that on the Friday yeah. knowing that I'm likely to go over yeah. my calorie intake okay. on a Friday or a Saturday. But during the week, I won't. Yeah. And would you say, I think that's a really good method. I mean, I think James Smith uses that one as well. Yeah. Uh, another PT we like to follow because uh, he's filthy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, that's always a brilliant way of doing it. And another way... Um, I think it's the best. I think, yeah. That's yeah. Just if, been... you, if you enjoy your weekends and you like yeah. a bit of a drink and that, I think also that way, by the end of the week, if you're like, well, by the Monday, you're like, oh crap, I've only got 1,300 calories over that five days. Well, that's the thing. It, it teaches works, you yeah. to moderate your weekends. Yeah. You either get to Wednesday and Thursday and think, I'm on poverty calories. I'm, yes. I'm not going to do that again <laughs> exactly. at the weekend. Yeah. So you've, you know, win-win. It's not enjoyable. I mean, or if, if you've worked all right, yeah. you still can yeah. go out for drinks on Friday night. Yeah go out for dinner and still make it work. Because we are in that culture. You know, we want, we're want we not athletes. We want no. people to have an enjoyable life, especially with, you know, lockdown becoming stricter and all that, you know. And 
it's teaching people that it's okay to have what they mm. want. I mean, another way I always see things with the calorie tracking is I say to clients, what's your favourite go-to to have in the week? What's your favourite food or drink? Mm. Um, you know, so say, for example, I love Reese's peanut butter cups, hence why Kate got them for my birthday. <laughs> she knows I have a special soft spot for them. So I'll make sure I can include that every day in my diet. Because mm. normally in the past, I have, I'm guilty of this as well. Before I used to track, I would say in the week, I would eat clean, as we call it, clean eating. Uh, there's no such thing it's just everyone, everyone's perception of clean eating is so different mm-hmm. as well and then by the week I'd be like I could just do what I want there was literally yeah. no rules no restriction absolutely whatsoever like, and I would feel like I'm making up for the fact I have not had it in the week yeah. like you know the yard of Jaffa cakes you can buy at Christmas yeah. Yeah. well over the Christmas <laughs> period you know I used to basically nail that in two days mm. and I wonder why I was putting body fat on gradually sometimes uh, well, I think some of it's all to do with routine so during yeah. the during the week, you have a routine, whatever that may be. It's and I easier, think it's easier it then to stick to what you're doing. Weekends, you relax, everything yeah. is different, and that's when you tend to. Yeah, you tend to like say you could un- you could easily undo the week. Yeah, I mean, people go, is can one day damage a whole week? Um, I'd say not damage, but you could easily eat a couple of hundred calories over your maintenance. Yeah, and that's how weight creeps on slowly over the years. A client summed it up for me the other day. She sent in her, she was my online client, and sent in her personal challenge goal sheet, which they send to me every week, so I can monitor what they're doing and give them feedback and goals. And she was saying, like, we've been on holiday. I mean, I said to her next time, please don't track on holiday. Please relax. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I don't expect clients to track on holiday unless they prefer to because they go too mad on holiday. And understandably, that's fine. It gives them a little bit of accountability. That's okay. But that's another advantage to it. So if you do go on holiday yeah. and you eat and drink what you want and you yeah. come back and you've gained a bit of body fat, then your calorie tracker is an easy way yeah, to, to get, get back, back to where you were. Without- yeah. Without thinking, I've got to restrict myself ridiculously yeah. for the next one, or just think, F it. Yeah. I'm just going to like not bother. You know, what's the point? You know, mm-hmm. so it, it teaches that. But she said basically, I think, she said it was very easy to go over calories and said, no wonder people gradually put weight on over the years. It's just mm-hmm. little events and stuff, and then it ends up snowballing. So they think, oh, you know, I'll do it on the weekend, I'll start on the Monday and all that attitude. And then they give yeah. up halfway because something happens in their life, you know, which is fair enough, you know, that things do happen. So you've only got to look at lockdown for that, haven't you? Absolutely, Gradually yeah. Lockdown with people yeah. thinking, well, you know, drinking during the week rules have gone out the window. Yeah. Or you're, you're not out on show as well. Not, yeah. Or they've gone the other way around. Uh, because they're not travelling or committed to work, they've had the time to look after themselves. A lot of my clients yeah. who are normally very, very busy lifestyles and normally females who are full-time working and parents they actually did really well for the lockdown because they actually had time to look after themselves and put at least a couple hours a day into their own health. Mm. Whereas before, they're spreading themselves so thinly. So they're actually, yeah. for the first time, that attracted actually my intake. And since going back to work, because that habit's in place, they just made time for it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how the tracking of uh, your food diary does help hugely. Yeah. And then like I said, what I say to some clients... This is where the disadvantage can come in for, say, tracking a food diary. Some people, it might make them more stressed doing it. And I get that because you might have a lot going on already and tracking down their intake might be something to just take them over the edge. I've had clients where I've been, I said to them, you know what, just take a couple of weeks off tracking. I think you just need yeah. to actually come off for a bit. And then if you feel ready to come back on, you tell me when, which I had a client the other day. And she had a lot of holidays coming up. Um, you know, they were active holidays. She was surfing, she was out running and walking. 
And she said, you know what, I've put a bit of body fat on. I can tell my clothes are a bit tighter. So actually, I want to track again for a bit. And they just know yeah. they do because the priorities shift and change mm-hmm. throughout the year. And I'm like, that's fine. So you don't have to track all year round. No, and I think you've got to bear in mind as well is that if you are tracking and you're doing that consistently for a while, there comes a point when you're going to have a rough idea yes. without tracking yes. of what you're You consuming. do learn the skill. Yeah, you might yeah. not, you know, you can sort of eyeball things yes. and go, well, I reckon there's about X amount of protein yeah. there and so many calories. It does teach you a better being, skill. Because yeah. a lot of people, which is annoying, call it obsessive. Yes, but then we, checking your bank account isn't apparently. Exactly. And being I obsessed think, with a yeah. football team or a famous boxer isn't obsessive apparently, yeah. but that is. But then if I you know. need to lose body fat, I think there's... How do you know? You know there's How do you actually know? Yeah. About. <laughs> I think because some... I guess because it's like, say, for example, it's accept, it's, a, it's a whole society of what is acceptable. I mean, I'm at the stage now, I don't give a shit what people think, to be quite honest with you. If they see me sitting there drinking a protein shake and they give me funny looks, I really couldn't give a toss. No. Whereas in the past, maybe I would have done. Mm. You know, I think, but eating a chocolate bar and a bag of crisps with a group of friends seemed acceptable. But having maybe you know, a chicken sandwich that you've made the chicken, you know, bit of shredded it up and made it all nice looks unacceptable. It's yeah. It's that whole society thing again. Mm. And it's like, say, the best example I'll give you for that one is I don't really drink when I go out at all. You know, I used to, and some of you don't know, I was a heavy, heavy drinker. You know, I'm, I'm brought up with that culture. I used to drink three nights on the trot, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or sometimes I would do Friday, Saturday, and then a Monday night and a Wednesday night when I was a student. And I'd continued that habit when I was working in the, started to work in the leisure industry. Over the years, hangovers, I absolutely hate. I just never coped very well. As I got into training, because I liked how strong I got and how fit I got, I hated it when I was hungover because it'd take me a week to get over it. Mm. My training would suffer. I couldn't lift as heavy. I felt tired. My body clock was all over the place. I was doing shift work. And that's where I made the decision to gradually ease off alcohol when I was out drinking. I wouldn't say I'm teetotal, but I can go on a night out on just one gin and tonic and be absolutely fine. And I'd say... You know, at first, I think a lot of my friends and family couldn't accept that. They were like, you're weird not having a drink. You need to have a drink. Let me buy you a drink and try to put that pressure on me. And the more I did it, the more I didn't care. And then they've realised that, you know, it's okay. I don't need a drink. I'm weird enough about a drink. And I'm strange well, enough. Yeah, I think as well, though, with people that do that, I think that says a lot more about them sometimes because if they're the drinkers and they're thinking, well, I'm drinking, but maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah, The way to get that. around that is yeah. to say, well, come on, drink. Yeah, because it makes them feel less bad. But yeah. I don't care if you drink around me. I don't care if you nail a bottle of vodka in front of me. I you don't, by the not, way. I don't. No, no I, wasn't speaking, I wasn't speaking specific about you, Kate. Don't worry. I'm not speaking specific about anyone. It's just a case of when I've been on nights out and I see people from the gym or my clients, it's like it goes two ways. Either come up and have a drink with me um, or they will try and hide and go, oh, don't watch me drinking. I don't care. I don't no. care what you're having. I, you know, it's like if I see you out food shopping, I don't care what's in your basket. Yeah. You, you're a grown adult and you can do what the hell you want. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because yeah. the other week, my mother-in-law, who was round after we'd been for brunch, yeah. said to me, do you find that you eat differently around that? Oh. And I said, well, no, because she eats like a... Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, we all know what we... <laughs> it was just quite interesting thinking that, I might, that you might do things differently because yeah. you're sitting with someone who... Yeah. Does all that. It was, well, for yeah. example, yes, sir, you had Portuguese tarts off me. I did, yeah. <laughs> of which I ate two, and there was four, yeah. so it should have been one for each. Yeah, exactly. Family. And then I think because it's 106 <laughs> calories, which is pretty good, isn't it? I think for yeah. a Portuguese tart. It's like <laughs> last night with Bacos back on, 
and most people who know me, I, I know I love Bake Off and I love baking and I love, I am a feeder as I like to feed myself and I like to feed people <laughs> and, you know, and I'll make cakes and all sorts and I don't make, I don't aim to make healthy cakes. I don't aim to put less sugar in and all that. If you have a cake, you have a cake. Yeah. Even the Portuguese tarts, even though they were lower calorie, they were still custard in there. It was still puff, normal puff pastry mm-hmm. in there. The only difference was I put um, a Portuguese tart flavoured protein powder in there. That was it. But it tasted amazing, so I didn't care. Mm. Um, but I do, you know, same with the calorie tracking, like I said there. You know, sometimes even my family members are like, why are you tracking calories that you're lean anyway? For me, for example, the other way around is to make sure you eat enough. Because the food I have is very satiating. Is that the right word? If I said yeah. that right, yeah. You know what I might pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Sto- a lazy stokey accent. Is... Because why? Because my food's quite filling. What I have, because I have a lot of high protein foods. I have a lot of fruit and vegetable in my diet. I can actually be mistaken that I've had enough. Mm. But because of my goals, I need to be in a surplus or maintenance calories because I'm after strength and performance and put a bit more muscle tissue on. I can actually easily undereat. Yeah, I think that was an eye opener for me. Yeah. Um, probably a few years ago when mm. we started sort of getting into it and, and you did turn around and say to me, are you sure you're eating enough yeah. for what we're doing? And it's yeah. like, well, actually, yeah. let's have a look at it. evaluated it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say, let's go through disadvantages. I'd say for some people, if you don't like technology, you probably won't like it. No. Uh, because also at first it's very tedious because when you've not, yeah. once you've inputted it for a while, it generally saves what you normally input. And Creatures of habits, humans, very good system to put in because then you can just literally just tick through multiple. Exactly, most people what have you have the same, don't they? Yeah, the odd times when you have something different and you've got to sort of search for it, but otherwise it's fairly easy. Yeah, it's the it. only thing I would say with it, disadvantage wise, mm. and people finding it obsessive is if you have to weigh stuff. Yes, but as you I'm, said, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I can't easily look at something and go, "Oh, there's a hundred grams there." Yeah, that's not. I still yeah. sort of struggle getting my head around that, but. And I'd say with my fitness pal, or I keep saying my, it's because that's the one we normally use, that's why I say that one, but any food diary app, I would say with the weighing thing, uh, this is what I personally weigh, is pasta, because none of us judge pasta very well. No. I mean, how many just showed, oh, that's not enough, but then you cooked it and like, oh shit, that's quite a lot actually, because <laughs> obviously once it's absorbed water yeah. into it well, as I would well. tend to use the same bowl. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I know that that's the same. If you can do after a time, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say from that point of view, I don't weigh past anymore because I actually can eyeball it very well. And I've done it as a guest the other day because I normally say for pasta, we'll go for like between 60 to 75 grams of serving. I'll go for that. And I eyeballed it without weight and then weighed it after to see. And I am quite close because Mm. I've got used to whereas before, no way. I was probably putting about 150 grams in. But I think that's where the obsessive thing comes in or where people. Perceive yeah. it to be obsessive yes. because you're having to weigh everything. But then if you're shit at eyeballing it and you're overseeing in your calories and then sometimes having stuff left on the plate or left over, yeah. um, then why not? So I always weigh things which was rubbish at doing. So mm. meat, for example, to be fair, comes in the packaging as it is. It says the weight on it. Yeah. So it's not too bad. But normally it's things like um, oats I'll weigh as well um, the reason I weigh my oats personally because I put protein powder into mine and also weigh the milk because yeah. I don't put the right quantity it tastes crap of protein powder I found that because then you have to keep adjusting it and you have yeah. to keep putting more milk in and yeah. Then, yeah. but again mm-hmm. I, I had a go at eyeballing the other day and I can do it because mm. again it's just a skill you learn and that's what again the food diary apps will uh, teach you is the skill of eyeballing I guess yeah. and knowing what your portion like cereal 
when you first track and say for example steph my partner weighed her see of what she's supposed to have according oh, to, it's thing. to nothing it is and then when she put much normally as and weighed it and yeah calorie wise at least twice the amount of it, yeah isn't it? you know you can easily have like a 600 calorie breakfast and as most of you know cereal for me doesn't touch the sides i'm starving oh, no, half yeah. an hour. I if anything i would use it as a topper like on top of yes. like say um greek yogurt for example like granola you'd have like a 30 gram topper on, on top of say like a high protein yogurt yeah. Um, would be a great idea to do it that way. Or like Alex, who will come back from the gym yeah. and have a bowl of cereal. But then at that age, to be fair, <laughs> to fit into... when, I, when I was a teenager, I lived off cereal milk, I'm not going to lie, and yeah. beans on toast and yeah. t- and potato waffles in a toaster. <laughs> that, that was pretty much my yeah. diet growing up. Oh, and lobby and uh, chip chip pan chips as well. That was good times, <laughs> that was. So I'd say disadvantage-wise, it could just be tedious at first. Um yeah. Like thing. you say, difficulty for eating out. And eating out, yeah, very, it can be difficult. It Although does take a bit of skill. Are automatically on there, aren't they? Yeah, like say certain brands are. Say, for example, if you go some places and it's quite simple food, say you have sea bass and prawns and potatoes, you could easily input. You could work that out, yeah. What I'd say with that, because it's a bit of a disadvantage trying to input that, just get as close as you can. For example, like we said, we went uh, the bear the other day. I had shashuka. Now, I know what goes in shashuka because I make it myself quite a lot. So I know there's probably about half a tin tomatoes in there, about 200 grams, say. I know there's two eggs in there. So just put go for general two medium eggs in there and just put them in as raw, by the way. When people say, do I put things in raw or cooked, pick one way to do it and stick with it. That's I think as what long I would you're say. consistent with everything. Yeah. yeah. So if you prefer to put it as cooked, put it as cooked. But for me, the nutrition does not change from what I've read and checked. Nutrition doesn't change. It's only changed if you cook it in oil because then you've got to add the oil in. That's the only thing. Mm. You have to change a, a little bit on it. So I put, say, the meat in as raw. I put eggs in as raw because the nutrition shouldn't change when you cook it. It's like the whole yeah. argument with Slimming World that a mashed oh, banana say, yeah. is more sins than a, a natural, well, I'd say a natural banana. A banana that's not been mushed. But when you put it in your mouth and chew it, yeah. it's been mushed. It's exactly the same calories. Well, the value of a muller light changes yeah. overnight. To yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way you cook things can change how full it makes you feel, I guess. That's one way to put it. So, for example, yeah. if you have mashed potato over boiled potato, a boiled potato will fill you up more because of the, the fibres there. You have to break it down yourself a bit mm, more. Yeah. A mashed potato, you can probably eat a lot more mashed potato than a boiled potato. Definitely. Or say oranges, peeling them and eating them because of the fibre, you will not consume as much calories as drinking pure orange juice. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So that's where I'm getting with the whole how to track things. I generally trap, trap things uncooked. Same with pasta as well, because again, the ozone goes heavier because of the absorption of water. So I generally go with raw personally, um, as it is, and do mm. it that way. So yeah. I suppose, the, again, the track food dra- diary tracking apps, I guess it can get confusing how to track it in what form. So to keep it the same and just track it from its raw form because it just keeps it consistent. It's mm-hmm. easier to do it from that way. And nutrition shouldn't change unless it's cooked in oil, but then you've got to just add the oil You just on. add the oil in, yeah. So I'd say if you're eating out as a guide, just get as close as you can. You know, so for example, like you said there with the, the angry mac you had, which had mm-hmm. a sausage patty on, you could just put, say, for example, Aldi sausage patty. Yeah, that's what and I just, did. And just get as Aldi, close Brioche as you can. Fan, yeah. McDonald's fries. Yeah. Because the thing with any... Any tr- tracking or like you app. said, you block out. Yeah, or block out like so many calories. calories. Yeah, I think for eating out, a thousand at least, yeah. and do it that way. Same for nights out, block out a thousand just to be safe. Whereas before, you may way have consumed that, but again, you're more mindful of it and doing it. Mm. Uh, so I'd say, 
like I say, we've also a track active with disadvantages. It's not accurate, but then what is? No. Food labelling, for example, it has to be by law within 20% accuracy. 20% is a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And that's the same on... Well, I think as long as yeah. you stick to the same one... Yeah. ...throughout and you're yeah. not using different things, then you... Yeah, it's like... the same with working out you yeah. know, your, your BMR um, and your maintenance calories. Like I said to you, I used whichever one James Smith used yes. and whichever one Jamie Alderton used. Yes. And they were different yeah. by probably about 300 yeah. calories. They will be, yeah. So I'd say if also you're trying to find what the right calories are for you, it's experimentational. At the end of the day, like any client I work with, it's always experimentational. What's mm. the right calories for them? Because yeah. you might do the calorie tracking app. Like one of my clients, because of her age, even if she's very active, her maintenance apparently is 800 calories a day. But I've sat her at 2,000. She didn't put any body fat on or anything. Mm. If anything, she became more active as well. Yeah. So for her deficit, you know, normally we take... Now, if people want to know what to take off their calories, uh, general rule of form, 20% maximum is normally what we take off your maintenance. Or if you want a, a calorie number, 500 maximum to take off your maintenance calories. So yeah. best thing to do when you're doing calorie trackers, again, the disadvantage of these fitness apps as well is they will obviously put down, like you say, pauper calories because they're basing it on that. So put your goal weight as your actual weight and then mm. you manually take those calories off yourself. Yes. So I would say take no more than 500 or 20% off and do it gradually. So start with say 5%, see how that suits you, then do 10% if you want to, then do 15, then do 20. And if you find 20 is too low for you, you're struggling to, to sustain that, then bring it back up a little mm. bit. A deficit is a deficit. It depends how quick, quick you're going to lose it. Yeah. Um, it depends on your lifestyle. You've got to find what suits you to be able to achieve your goals. That is the key with that. Well, the longer you take, probably will equal more sustainable, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, yeah. So, so yes, you could lower your calories to yeah. 800 a day and lose. And again, it depends on but you don't want to be doing how much that. muscle tissue you've got as well. There's, there's loads of factors into play. So if you carry a lot of body fat and never done a calorie deficit in your life, for example, I sometimes set those people on maintenance calories because mm. they're probably not active and just getting them more active. Yeah. And they're still getting fat loss results because they're actually expelling more calories on their maintenance now. Yeah. Uh, and then what I'll do is gradually take them into a deficit and just find where it suits them. And then, so like I say, with calorie tracking apps, I guess their advantage is they're going to teach you about your own nutrition. You can, you know, that's why I don't do food plans, for example. One, because I'm not qualified to. I'm not a dietitian. Only dietitians can give food plans. I can give you meal ideas. I can give you a set meal plan idea. I can teach you how to do your own meal plans. Just bear that in mind, guys. If you have any PTs giving you diet plans, mm. check their cred uh, credentials because they're not insured to do that. Even nutrition, nutrition consultants aren't either. So once I qualify and supply nutrition... I have looked at the rules, what I'm allowed to do, so do bear that in mind. Learning to write your own meal plan, basically, using like a food diary or a fitness tracking app, teaches you how to do it yourself. Yeah. If you're never taught how to do it, how are you going to implement it for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. How are you going to stick with maintenance? And that's why people generally tend to put loads of weight back on, because they don't know what to do once they get to their goal. They're like, shit, do I just go back to normal? Or, yeah. you know, and old habits come into place because they've probably placed a lot of restriction onto themselves. Hence why most of the conventional diets don't work. Yeah, because not teaching they are what to deficit, do afterwards. Some tried not... to, to be fair, but I think because of the, the original method of their diet is restricting so much yeah. and people miss those foods and start gradually trying to find ways around it. And that's why mm. they generally tend to I think to the agree. thing is, 
one of the interesting things I heard the other day was, you know, if you're like, you know, 10 kilos overweight, mm. you didn't just wake up one morning going, oh, damn, I'm 10 kilos overweight. No. You did that over a yeah. set time. It so does take time. if you're going to lose it, you backtrack yeah. in the same small yeah. ways that you got there in the first place. Absolutely. Uh, traffic gave us the calorie tracking apps. To be fair, the calorie tracking apps take up a lot of the time, actually, more than I thought. So what I'll do, we'll touch briefly on, say, step tracking um, mm -hmm. watches and apps. So again, they variate. When I've done step challenges, I have noticed each watch tracks it differently. Uh, for example, also my current watch, because it doesn't, doesn't mind, doesn't recharge, got a long battery in. I've noticed that the steps have suddenly dropped a bit, probably because the battery's running loud. So again, okay. it's all within a slight accuracy. It's like the whole heart rate on them. Again, they can be yeah. quite out with the heart rate. The most accurate way to track your heart rate, unless you've got an arrhythmia, arrhythmia like an irregular heartbeat, is to literally find your pulse on your wrist, do it for 15 seconds, and then times it by four. It's the quickest way to yeah, do it. Yeah. And do uh, probably when you're the most relaxed, so probably in the evening or in the morning, that's your pulse, by the way, just so you know. But from a step point of view, I think purse of the great. Again, oh, some people might argue it's obsessive, but I think we are in a culture where people don't move enough. We are more glued to the desk. Mm -hmm. We have food that can be dropped off to us. We haven't got to walk and go get food. We can have shopping brought to us. So I think it's making us more mindful to move more. One of my clients oh, said, since having it, she gets quite excited. She likes, she's got a goal to hit every single day now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it helps personally keep, to maintain my health like a heart point of view because they encourage you to get out to do at least 30 minutes of activity mm -hmm. a day. That doesn't mean just running, that means just walking. It could be in segments. Yeah. Um, or a general rule for maintenance is between, I think, they say 10,000 steps a, at least five days a week is good for maintaining uh, yeah. fat loss progress and also for heart health. Uh, personally, if you want to do fat loss, you've got to be doing a little bit more mm -hmm. from the research I've been looking at lately. You've got to be hitting more than that, unless you're not doing that already. And you say doing three fouls and you work up to 10 fouls and that will probably have a major effect on your body fat oh, loss, I would yeah. say, because yeah. you're not used to it. But for those who already are and are struggling, you might need to push it up or look at your food mm -hmm. intake, for example. So personally, you know, these apps these days, whether it's a step app, whether it's uh, an activity tracker, whether you're using Strava, for example, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, your food diary, I think they are handy tools. That's the best way to describe it. They are tools. Yes. I mean, with the, with the step, I mean, I've only, I've had a Fitbit and now I've got the Garmin. Yes. Um, Step-wise, I'd say they're pretty similar yeah. with all of them. They're not far out from each no. other, no. Um, the Fitbit had a heart rate yeah. monitor, which, like you say, can be handy, yeah. but... I'm not sure how many of us really yeah. desperately. Need I mean, like it, people but... go, "Oh, I want the fat burning zone and all this." I'm like, oh, oh, just, yeah. "Just don't complicate it." I mean, but you can get a simple, cheap, and cheerful tracker. Yeah, of course that you just can. Monitors your steps and, and it, else. Th that's basically all you need. If you want something fancy, it's just because you do. Like I want, say, for example, a new Garmin because I like my gadgets. Um, I want people to not carry my phone on a run, <laughs> and also yeah. the one I'm after can play music off it, so I haven't got my phone on me at all. It's just convenient. I can take messages mm -hmm. on it, so it's like having a phone on my wrist. That's the other reason I would want to upgrade. Other than that, tracking um, sleep. Some of them they yes. do that. Oh, yeah, so I was just going to get onto that. Yeah. yeah, before we because like I say we're tracking out of time. sleep and um, and the Garmin that I've got at the moment yeah. tracks your menstrual cycle. Yes, well. and that so is fantastic. Let, mm. We'll finish with that actually. So. Females particularly, these tracking apps for your period, massively advantageous, whether you're PCOS, whether you're menopause or, or regular, they are ideal for tracking. Now, I wish I did this years ago. 
I wish it was emphasised how important it was. And I think it's only been emphasised more so the past couple of years. Because understanding when your menstrual cycle is can affect your training, can affect your appetite, can affect when you need to go to maintenance calories when you join your period because you're burning more calories, you're more hungrier. And that is normal and that's fine to do that. Um, if you are coming up to being becoming more menopause, it also helps to track, oh, I'm becoming irregular, or oh, less periods are turning up. It just tra- helps track that health point of view. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. You don't have to have a other watch. There I was going to so say, many... you don't need necessarily have to have a tracker There are for loads that, but... of free apps for it. But the Garmin one's brilliant because it comes up with um, it actually the tells symptoms you, yeah. and stuff. Uh, it tells you where your most optimal train. It tells you what phase you're in. And yes. What you, what you maybe should be concentrating yes. more on in that phase. So I say yeah. definitely females this is the ideal having time that. to yeah. up your activity. Yes. You know, you'll do a hell of a lot better in this phase. The other phase, maybe ease off yes. a bit or don't be too concerned if you're not. And you could input your symptoms as well. You, so yes. you can track like uh, if you basically can see if you're managing the symptoms mm. as well. So I'd say girls, if you're still regular or even if you're still having periods and you're premenopausal, definitely worth downloading a menstrual cycle tracking app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say most uh, watches have them now. The ones that track steps usually have them now. You can track mm-hmm. it. The Garmin Vivos, the cheaper watches, which are about 50, 60 quid, they're fantastic. If you want a, a link for that, just send me an email to the nagptfitness at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to share a link for those watches if you're after them. I think you can just download the app without using the watch, I think, as well. So you might be able to do okay. that too. Also, with the tracking apps, like you mentioned about sleep. Sleep's mm. a big one. I mean, how many of us don't prioritise sleep and think running on five hours is adequate enough as mad? And again, take it with a pinch of salt. They're not 100% accurate because some people might wear them and have the other opposite effect and feel stressed about it. Say, I can't get enough sleep, you know, where actually you may have had enough sleep. So yeah. I'd say, again, you don't have to use an app. You could just literally write down what time you went in bed. The and apps what... between the Fitbit and the Garmin. Mm, I was going to what they were. Tracking are. sleep was completely different that's one thing i will say because the the fitbit used to track and tell me you know that i've been awake five or six times in the night whereas the garmin seems to suggest that i'm it might be the movements the accuracy of the movements but i think that's because the fitbit had the heart rate monitor on it Ah, so i think if you yeah yeah. so it might be that you are asleep but your heart is elevated and you sleep a little bit yeah which i probably prefer actually use the garmin on that reason Mm. personally and I'd say with the sleep on again, take a pinch of salt with the deep sleep as well. Because unless yeah. you've got like a proper, like, the, you know, you're in a lab wired yes, up, that's the way you're going to know. measurements, I think, were yeah. quite different as well. But at least you can get an idea, are you having enough time in bed? And yeah, also, yeah. you can yeah. always just tell by when you wake up how energised you feel. Mm-hmm. feel like shit, you might not have enough sleep. Yeah. Or you had a very light sleep or disturbed sleep. Um, or if you woke up in the night, common sense, you know, you woke up once in the night... Uh, but if you generally see that you're getting seven to nine hours in bed, then you're probably at some point at least having a good sleeping window there. But you've got to judge that how you feel the next day. Some yeah. of my clients don't even use the apps for the sleep. They will actually just write down what time their bedtime is and what time mm. they wake up. Just yeah. simple as that, to be honest with you. And note down how they feel the next day and how yeah. their training is. They find they're not recovering quick enough um, or they feel their sleep's disturbed and it's affecting... I mean, one good way to know if you've had good sleep is actually your appetite. I was listening yes. to an, uh, a podcast this morning and apparently your hunger hormone... Uh, sorry, your fullness hormone, as I like to call it, leptin, mm-hmm. uh, will drop by 20%. And your ghrelin, yeah. your hunger hormone, will increase by 15%. Yeah. 
So appetite is massively affected when we don't sleep well. Yeah. So that's why sleep's massively important for fat loss and why I go on and on and on to my clients about their sleep. And I'm like, if you're having problems with sleep, please go and see a sleep specialist. You know, go and yeah. or get referred to one. Sleep's massively important. If you can sort oh, that, yeah. if you are an issue sleeping. I've read that book, Why We Sleep. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's actually, yeah, yeah. It scares you actually and how. I'll be how honest, I used to not prioritise sleep. I used to mm. think, oh, I can run on six hours. No, yeah. for me, it's seven hours that I need at least. And everybody's different, of course, what they need to run on. Uh, well, I say run on, what to thrive on. Like, mm. if I have a bad night's sleep, my training's crap. Yeah. I just know my strength drops down, um, my hunger's different. I'm definitely hungrier. So I'd say personally from either using an app or recording down how often you're sleeping is definitely worth doing. Calm is a good app. I think Calm has a good sleep. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, actually, yeah. uh, speaking of apps, relaxation apps, linking yeah, in with headspace, that. Headspace. Yes. Yeah, sort of mindfulness in Definitely. General. I'd say um, they're also very handy apps. I mean, apps are great tools these days yeah. and it's where technology could be uh that's weird positive for mm. you so some of my clients will actually do 10 minutes of a calm or headspace or mind before they go sleep mm-hmm. uh, using that as part of their routine as well and again i think you can track how often you do it like headspace always gives me a little reminder that i haven't done a yeah. relaxation session because uh, normally i do mine and i have like a, a bit of me time like say on a thursday afternoon i have a bu- i have a I say bubble bath a bath bomb that's my thing i'm quite girly for me isn't it that yes. um, so that's <laughs> my relaxation or i do it on a saturday as well sometimes as well uh, and i'll practice headspace as well try once a week even just 10 minutes can make such a difference mm. so i say overall the apps they could be fantastic tools but it is individual what you prefer in the case yeah. of because we're so individual as i say to all clients treat it like an experiment yeah and just try to know what what's working and what's not yeah and just basically try it and record it down and and see how it works to see if it does make an improvement on your life or does it cause you more stress using apps and mm. if it does then it might be just going to the old old school using a pen and paper or yeah. notes on your phone to record out but i say measuring your habits and lifestyle if you need to make changes for health mm-hmm. uh, particularly absolutely worth doing i think Definitely. personally i would say overall i think with a lot of it is as well you will find out how much better you can actually feel yeah if you concentrate on the things yeah. like the sleep and the mindfulness and all that sort of thing and if you find the apps doing all that is too much pick the main thing you're struggling with hmm. personally and i think for most people it is nutrition so just start yeah. with that and once you start nailing that or you find actually i'm struggling here i keep feeling hungry maybe look at sleep then that's where you might move yeah. on to that well one potentially affects the other so if you sorted yeah. out your sleep you might find that your new your nutrition automatically improves yes if you're getting more sleep yes because you're more satiated in the day and all that. yeah yes so i'd say you know i'll say for example your nutrition isn't too bad then it might be the sleep i mean again you don't have to track the sleep but you can have a look at your sleep routine so again using yeah. the relaxation apps the calm app again yeah. calm app again uh and also the other app, I think there's one you can download to shut social media off your phone. I'm sure yes, there is one. Yes. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I think you said, did Holly have it? There's one you can basically cut it off. And I think you, well, you don't cut it off, but you have to put yeah, a pin yeah. in to access it. So for mm. example, I just set up a general rule. I don't go on social media after eight o'clock at night. And that's it. You know, whether clients message me or anything, it's like, nope, I have to have shut off time as I won't sleep. And 
you can get apps to actually lock that off as well because that's mm. where apps can be at a disadvantage in general is we get you know we're on there eight o'clock at night mm. so say for example you haven't tracked all your food and you're in late from work and then you're on there and you're not having that downtime away from technology there is that da- downside but what i would say with that is what i do personally is i track in most of my food for the week until friday at least i was going to say there there are days i do it ahead you, yeah, yeah i tend to put in all of mine yeah. in the morning yes because we meal plan yeah with a family so i will put it yeah. all in in the morning so i know what i'm having it's only if i have something extra yes or something changes that i need to go back and i mean another way if you want yeah. to keep off your phone it's just write it on a pen and paper yeah and then put it in yeah and put it in the next day or something instead absolutely so i get where people don't want to do it that way as well yeah. um it's like for example on the garmin you have to link it up with your watch to to load it up onto the app. I mean, you don't have to. You could just see. I've done ten thousand. That's it. You don't have to yeah. record it. And I like seeing data personally, so I will do I it. Do, yeah. But uh, what I'll do, even if I'm if I've not finished moving, I will still do it before eight o'clock now on my Garmin app. That's my thing, and I'll do. So it doesn't matter if I do over the, if I do more steps, because as long as it hit me ten thousand, I'm not asked. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. if I'm on thirteen thousand and it's caught eight and a half, you know what? I'm just going to load it on now. It's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. It's not bothered. I could just start basically put my phone on silent, do not disturb and do it that way but like I say if you're coming in late enough from work you're a chef worker and you wanted to log it in write it on a piece of paper just yeah, write it down it yeah. takes it off your mind then as well mm-hmm. and anything else you know I mean well you've still effectively logged yeah. it haven't you yeah absolutely <laughs> bit, and like I say I think with the apps as well you know it's almost like having a PT there you've got to be accountable you've got to write it I mean one advantage for me as a PT because I used to have to do the old school the write a food diary and I have to roughly work out their calories had a little calorie counter book uh, that's how yeah. I used to do it years ago. This is 10 years ago. I remember years ago, you used and to go to buy a book yeah. with all the... And I had to write it everything individually and it, was, it took so much time. So that's one major advantage. They take no time mm. at all to do. Um, so I'd say overall for me personally, apps, I like them because they're, they're a tool. It's like checking a bank account, as we say. Yeah. Make sure you've got enough money in there. Mm-hmm. Use use a bank account app, don't we, these days? Yeah. You know, we use apps for paying on our phones. And we're on our phones that much, you know, like, oh, I haven't got time. How often do you scroll through social media when you could probably actually track your health over looking yeah, at social absolutely. media and comparing yourself to other people's lives? Mm-hmm. Uh, best tip I can give you for that, by the way, if you're obsessed with social media apps, is put them on the last screen of your phone, which is what I do yeah. now. So all my Facebook, my Instagram, I have to, it's not my home screen. I have to click through. I have to swipe three times because it adds friction yeah, on. Yeah. And there's a massive That's difference. A idea, well, I looked at my app usage and my settings and I noticed like that it has massively dropped my usage. Mm. I only go on to basically upload content and just to reply back to clients through messages, which normally a notification will come up mm. for that. And that's it. And I might look what's trending for fitness because people are going to ask me questions on it. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I very rarely scroll these days. I might do it a bit more on the weekends because I've got dead time. But then even then, I don't as much yeah. as to. I think so, I do during dead time. I think if I was just to sit here and have a cup of coffee you know, for 10 minutes or something, I'll yeah, probably find fine. myself automatically yeah. just scrolling. And you can allocate it, but... time to do it, perhaps, which I normally do. So when I'm That's under... a good idea, yeah. Yeah, Set so... time each day when you go on social media. I'll, I'll do it on a break normally, so I'll, I'll have, like, an hour break, so I'll spend half an hour not being on apps. I'll put my phone out the room as well and eat my food. Yeah, when I'm doing my studying yeah. in here, we're in the dining room, yeah. my phone is... Out yeah, in the kitchen. Well, same as well. If I'm doing admin at, uh, at the time, I'll, spe- I'll at least have your phone on silent. It's by me just to get on with the work. But then, of course, I need to message clients. So then I'll allocate a times of the that. day to do that because it's easier yeah. to get back to people and do it that way. It's all about, you know, balancing. Mm. Everything's well, if you a balancing have that set act. time of day, you can have that set time of day 
to log your food yes. and anything else you want to log and then use social media. Absolutely. Yeah. You're done. And then that way you're not panicking doing it all through. Just got to yeah. get organised, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be honest, yeah. I'm not the most organised person, but I've had to learn to yeah. do that way. I mean, people slightly. don't always meal plan, do they? No. But, you know, so therefore you might have to keep doing it as you go along. But yeah. Scribble it down or remember what you've done and... Absolutely. Not I think we've covered quite a lot on there, haven't we, today? We have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be finished for today. Uh, so if you guys got anything else you'd like us to bring up uh, in the NAG Personal Trainer podcast, send your queries away. Uh, thank you, Eleanor, for that question in there. So that's, uh, I hope that's answered your question mm-hmm. on the uh, fitness apps and tracking apps. Uh, so stay tuned for another episode next week. Take care, guys.